This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company, proudly bringing you traditionally made kangaroo whips with top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function, handcrafted by Blake Brunning. You can find them at www.trinitywhipco.com and on the Metaphysical Connection main page. This is the Metaphysical Connection episode 48, The Three Faces of Carl Sagan. On this week's episode, Walt Schnabel, Jim Loretta, and Eric Renderking Fisk start the show by talking about strange artifacts found on the moon, NASA losing dozens of rolls of film from the Apollo missions, and strange footage of something refueling itself by tapping into the sun. Then we talk about Carl Sagan, his public persona, and his beliefs in the possibility of Earth being visited ages ago. We also talk about his relationship with SETI, Frank Drake, and that alleged face on Mars. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. <laughs> so, what do you got? What do you got on tap today, Bob? Anything? Anything? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Kind of revisiting, uh, I guess, um, strange oddities on the moon. Let's call it more strange oddities on the moon. This oh, comes here we from. Go. Bob Dean, he's a retired U.S. Army Command Sergeant Major who served with the Supreme Allied Headquarters, uh, NATO Intelligence. Um, And he said that NASA stands for never a straight answer. (laughs) Good one. I like that. That's good. (laughs) He gave a talk and he said that... uh, Wait a minute. Bob Dean? Bob Dean. uh, Yeah. Bob Bob Dean. Retired U.S. Army Command Sergeant Major. Well, check on page two of your show notes. Eric actually did show notes. Uh, page two. Um, on one on one version of the page two. Don't I have Bob Dean? You must. I do. I sent it to you. Well, the thing is, is that I mean, I did I I did the show notes before I got the uh, um, the, the news item from you. Oh. It's there somewhere. It's in my version. Okay. I, I, I'm not seeing it. Okay. I'll take your word for it. It's 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 right there. NASA versus Bob Dean. Okay. Somewhere in, in, in those show notes. But go ahead with Bob Dean. But anyway, he claims that uh, uh, NASA erased 40 rolls of film from the Apollo program to cover up stuff that they discovered on the moon. Uh, he said it it's disruptive, socially unacceptable, and politically unacceptable. Yes. So he's kind of blowing the whistle on them. And he said even the Russian government weighed in for an investigation on the moon landings and the disappearance of the film footage. Um and then there was Dr. Edward Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon. He said, basically, practically came out and said, you know, we've been visited on this planet for a long time. And that, that the governments have been covering this up. You know, we, we, they've found crashed craft. They have bodies recovered. We're not alone. They've been coming here for a long time. And uh, <clears throat> uh, this, this rolls right into uh, uh, one of the Apollo missions to uh, the Zeman Crater. And um, that they found um, objects there um, that they originally had in the you know clear images of, and that the NASA took them and airbrushed them out. But uh, I'll send this to you. It says that if you Google Earth, Moon, and then you enter the coordinates, which I'll, I won't 
bore you with repeating, I'll send them to you. He said uh, the original footage will come up. Any, anyway, somebody posted it. So, you know, did, did, did I he, think there's we're moving towards disclosure little by little. Yeah. Did, did yeah. he conjecture on why um, these things get covered up or, or what's the, you know, what's the premise for um, that? Did he, did he have any thoughts on that? Because uh, I always get back to that. Yeah. You know, if they found these things. What the hell? Why, you know, why, why don't they just tell us about it? That's you know? probably that's 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 basically the thrust of the entire show this week. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, it's an ongoing question. What you know? Maybe they're saving it, you know, for for the big disclosure. And here we have all this stuff, you know. And then and then people are going to have to say, well, you know, if you knew all this stuff all along, you know, yeah, why, why have you been yeah, hiding suppo- it from us? Supposedly, the things they've covered up are like bases, geometric shapes, towers, special spherical buildings, radar dishes, and, and massive uh, you know, towers, which we've heard about before. Uh, I, I believe that, once again, and I, somebody else validated this, uh, I can't recall where I, where I saw the source, that it's about uh, free energy. You know, Alien craft, they, they've mastered the concept of free energy, and they don't want that out there. They want to keep it in the skunk works and they want to keep it under wraps because the you know the moneyed power interest the gas and oil they don't want that out there they just don't so, so if, in order to put the kibosh in that they have to cover everything up because uh, you, you, you see where the trail leads they just they can't admit to it you know they just won't they flatly refuse to admit that not only are they I mean, they're lying to us i mean there's no other way to say it they're lying to us and there's a legacy of well, lie by omission. It's you know, it's yeah. it's more like what they're not telling us than what they're telling us. You know, and the 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 company line is basically there's there's no proof for any kind of alien intervention or anything like that. So which which is you know as we know is not absolutely not true, but that's that's what we get every time. And and we apparently they they feel that. You know, for whatever the reason is, we're we're just not ready to hear this stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's economically based or socially based, or I mean, that would blow everything out of the water when yeah. you think about oh, it. Oh yeah, and and the thing is, we're going to get further into this into the show, and you're not going to believe one of the people who were one of the strongest proponents of keeping everything under wraps for a while. And I, I was I was listening to Richard Dolan last night. He was on uh, Buzzsaw, Sean Stone's new show, which has some some really good guests on it. Um, Sean Stone is Oliver Stone's son. Yeah. He's got a okay, show on yeah. Gaia. And and Dolan was saying that, and, and he's done research on on UFOs for, for a really long time. Uh, he was actually at the UFO conference in Exeter this year, yeah. which we didn't unfortunately get to go to. But um, he was saying that he thinks disclosure is going to come from um, an alternative country, not the United States. Like I either Russia, he he was pretty strongly favoring Russia because yeah. they've had so many, uh, they've had so much UFO, UFO activity there. Um, so, there, but there's a reason. You know. There's a reason why the Soviet, the former Soviet Union, and the United States were just inundated with whatever kind of visitation, whatever it is, UFOs or whatever. I mean, there's a specific reason. It's not an accident. Well, you know, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to that. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of it has to do with um, geography and geology. Yeah. Um, I, I was listening to this other guy talk about um, 
why why places like the Skinwalker Ranch have have all of this paranormal activity and, and all these kinds of things. And it has mm-hmm. to do with the fact that they have a large there's a, and this is proven there's a large either crystal deposit um, or or granite deposit. Yeah. Or the two 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 things that somehow seem to generate uh, the 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 kind of electromagnetic waves that it takes to open up some kind yeah. of a wormhole or some kind of yeah. a, a tear in the, uh, I mean, the fabric of the universe is electromagnetic. Yeah. Right. Um, so when there's a large quantity of that generated, it seems to create a tear in the, yeah. in the separation between dimensions, which is why these places are, you know, are, um, ripe with ufo activity and paranormal activity and the native yeah. americans know about this they, yeah. they've known about this for for probably eons you know I th- they, they i don't know that they understand the the geological part of it but they understand the the spiritual part of it yeah um, and that's what this and and the government is now starting to to take over these places they're starting to buy up these areas where where that geology exists they're because turn- they know and, about and, this. and they're turning them into <clears throat> quote national parks uh, well yeah yeah you know another place <laughs> another place jim is uh is sedona which which oh, i know you've I'm, visited many times uh sedona has a large deposit of uh it's it's not crystal well it's, well, it's quartz quartz is crystal actually you know and crystal is another form but um and when you think about all the things like we talked about atlantis la- last week they use crystal crystals heavily yeah. for their power sources and things so you know, it all ties together when you think about it. Yeah, it's interesting that you. I'm sorry that you brought that up about Sedona because I've done a lot of hiking all over Sedona, and the red rock there is loaded with quartz. Every place I go, I find little pieces of quartz sticking out. Well, there you and, go. Uh, that that, yeah. that yeah. explains the the resonance of Sedona. Why why mm-hmm. it's um, known as a you know as a kind of almost a metaphysical area. Oh, it is. Yeah, stuff Absolutely. happens. Unfortunately, yep. the yuppies, I think, are taking it over. But uh, well, they took it over, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you can still get away from the, still get away from them and go out into the hikes and get out into the red rocks. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. looking at it positively, maybe it'll elevate. No, are, are we talking about the frequency? Gar- are we talking about the Garden of the Gods? No, then no, that's in Colorado. Okay, because I spent a lot of time also in the Garden of the Gods, and I defy anybody to go there and not feel some kind of cosmic connection or metaphysical connection going on there yeah i agree with you eric i've been there i think that's also a red rock country and i yeah. think it's you know it has it has it's an energetic site yeah so I, I so what i want to do is i want to get back to the moon here and talk about bob dean and a lot of the yeah. other things what what else did did you find in in your research for for the, well, uh, bob dean? the fact that the seems like some of the astronauts i guess as now that they're older are starting to you know speak out the, about you know things that they've been privy to, um, the Zeman crater, which I'll send you the coordinates for if anybody's interested. Uh, it was a, it was supposedly the Clementine mission to the moon to to investigate water at the poles, but really he said it's like a, it was a covert operation to film structures on the dark side of the moon, and um, uh, this particular astronaut, uh, Dr. Brian O'Leary, he said that. Yes. Eventually, we'll be able to sit down maybe and have a frank discussion about what happened on Mars 250 million years ago and what, what is happening there right now. And I thought that was kind of a pregnant statement. There's a lot going on there that he intimated, you know. So. Time for me to bring in the A word. Go ahead. Uh, 
<laughs> the Anunnaki. That was supposed to be an Anunnaki base, Mars. Yeah, exactly. That was well, like, a, like a stopping off point on their way to Earth. It's it's they, almost. I'm, I'm telling you guys, it's almost as if you psychically read my show notes oh, before. Wow. Maybe we did. Yeah, maybe you did. Because the thing is, is that in in doing the research for um, the show topic, uh, a, a lot of the stuff just it, it's it's all the ta- all the all the strands of all the web sort of like they come together and they congregate around just a just a couple of people and the idea that the thing is is that there was an astronaut who was a close friend with Carl Sagan has come forward and said like and and a year after the 20th anniversary of Carl Sagan's passing away a lot of people are coming forward and they and they're really dispelling a lot of misinformation out there about Carl Sagan and who he was and what he was really all about. And the, and, and the, the title of the show, it occurred to me, the best place where I come up with ideas for the show is, some, is either in this office talking to Walt or in the shower. And, the, and, and it was in the shower when I said, we got to call this show The Three Faces of Carl Sagan because he mm-hmm. really did have three personas. Oh, I see. And one of which he kept from, he kept from the public Except for on a couple occasions where he almost blew it. So, do you, so do you have another show item? Uh, oh yes, I do. Another news um, item. And this, this, uh, you piqued my curiosity. I, it was either last week's show or the week before. You asked me, do I do I believe that there were ancient civilizations on this planet? Do you remember that? Yeah, I, do, I sure do. And I said that there were. I believe that, and especially because of the anomalies that have been found. So, I I went into anomalies, and I'm just going to. I think I'm going to save some of these for next week's show because I'll take up too much time. But I just I'll, – I'll whet your curiosity with a couple here. There was a, a spark plug. I don't know what else – what else they didn't know what else to call it. Found in a geode in 1961. The owners uh, found a fossil-encrusted geode in the, in the Coso Mountains in Olanca, California. And uh, when the owners cut the geode open with a diamond saw, they found a ceramic-like object inside. Uh, it had a hexagonal wooden sleeve. And when, it, when they x-rayed it, it seemed to resemble a modern spark plug or some type of electronic component. Did, did and they, they, they dated the geode at 500,000 years. Did they put it in their lawnmower to test it? <laughs> <laughs> Walt, you, yeah, have you have to, to know. Like, get a piece of sandpaper and like rub the points. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You, you have, have to do that. You have to know that the the first thing that always goes in your lawnmower is the spark oh, yeah, plug. Yeah, of course, of course. That's why I was asking. So you chances know. are really good that you and my it, snowblower. Yeah, yes. right, exactly, exactly. It's always the spark plug that's the right. first thing to go. Well, that's pretty hard to explain. Yeah, and then there was a nail. Found 1851, uh, a businessman, he found a chunk of quartz on a trip to California. He accidentally dropped it and it split open and out fell a cut iron nail. And the quartz was dated one million years. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there are other things like that. I'll, I'll read a couple more and then I'll stop so you can go into the show. Um, I think I mentioned this when you brought up uh, the question to me in the last show, they found a, a piece of gold thread embedded in a rock uh, in Scotland in 1844. They found a piece of chain embedded in coal in 1891 uh, in um, Morrisville, Illinois. Now, coal, it's got to be at least 300 million years. 
you know, coal seams, I think, go back at least that far. So uh, they, they had the piece of coal with the chain sticking out, and the, they also had a, a piece of coal with the uh, that it separated from that had the impression of the chain where it had been encased. So I just think I'm going to save some of these for next week because I think they're interesting. Um, but I think these type of anomalies point to the fact that, like, you know, there have been other civilizations on this planet going back farther than modernists want to believe. Walt, way, way farther back. Uh, you know, they, they, they put civilization at about 5,000 years BC. That's, that's just the tip of the iceberg no. for civilization. That, that was the rekindling of civilization. Because yeah. the thing is, is that past Walt, Walt shared a link on the, the Metaphysical Connection group page on Facebook, which everybody should look up. Um, new studies that found that Goba Tempe or Gobi Tempe is... Gobeki Tepe. Gobeki Tepe yeah. is how, how many years older than Stonehenge? Well, oh, yeah. they're, they're dating it between 12,000 and 15,000 BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is yeah. an advanced, this was an advanced civilization to have built, you know, absolutely such, such an amazing, with such amazing architecture. And, you know, there's, there's no, there's no way that that could not have been built by some advanced civilization. Yeah. But, you know, that, yeah, that's, absolutely. I mean, that, that normal thinking or, or typical thinking of historians is, is that people were kind of in the stone age at that point. They weren't like cutting big blocks of stone and, and, and creating a city out of it. No. You know, it's, it's just totally out of the paradigm of, of what the traditional thinking yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know? And it's the same thing with the pyramids. I think the pyramids are much older than, yeah. the, than the Egyptians. Um, the the Egypt, Egyptologists don't want to admit that a civilization that predated Egypt may have been responsible for yeah. those, which could have yeah. been connected right. to Atlantis somehow. But all, all of these, these skills were at some point eradicated and then built back up again. You yeah. know, and this happened multiple times. Yeah. I think when back, they find these ancient sites and the, the giant monoliths are like scattered around and knocked over and broken, I think, it, I think it lends some credence to the fact that there was a worldwide cataclysm on a scale that we can't even imagine. Yeah, multiple. Yeah. Multiple. Multiple. Ones, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean, the evidence is there. It's just people aren't, Aren't interpreting it correctly. People don't yeah. want to look backwards. People yeah, do they, not they, want they to. They don't want to get out of their comfort zone with no. what that you know what they've built their careers on. I guess. Well, know, I mean, because it, it, it makes all the stuff that they're teaching or talking about. Yeah. It, it just it, it just gets back to something like a like a phrase I'm trying to coin. It's all about your uncle George who insists that he is the highest form of life in the universe, and any evidence that will prove otherwise. He shuns. Right, he sticks his fingers in his ears. Exactly. And la, 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 Any, la, anyth- anything that does not uh, reinforce his belief that he is the highest life form in the universe, he will shun as, and, and, and ridicule. Right. Which is fine, which is, which is okay for him, but for the rest of the world, we're just trucking along trying doesn't, to get to doesn't the truth. Right. Doesn't, move, doesn't move the family down the line. No. No. Or as Khan said, I stab at thee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim, I, before, wait, wait, before you take off, I want to I bring up the, um, the NASA footage that I, that I sent to you two guys. Yes. Now, now, this is, it, it was a picture of the, it was, it was, it was taken by a um, NASA telescope um and it's a picture of the sun yes and oh yeah in in the corona and this happened back in 2012 so this has been and i i never heard of it eric said he had but right 
No, so, I hadn't heard of it either. When you look at this footage, in the corona of the sun, you see this massive object, an orb, come, come into the corona of the sun. And it releases like a, I don't know, like a proboscis almost, you could yeah. say, like a, like a tube that goes mm -hmm. actually into the sun. And it stayed there, I think, um, I think for like 80 hours. Yeah. And then it pulled the, pulled the um, tube back out of the sun and came out of the corona and just took off at light speed, like warp yeah. speed. Um, now, this thing had to be massive. It, it had to be at yes. least the size of the Earth, right. if, if not bigger. So, you know, how do you, how, where, do you I, where do you put that? I don't that? know. That was you know? Ama one amazing piece of footage. I know. Really. And this is NASA footage. This yeah. is not something that some clown uh, photoshopped. Yeah. You know, this, this is something that they're saying, yeah, we... We yeah. photographed this, but they they don't really have an explanation for yeah. it. Uh, but I, in in some sense, and I was listening to a guy talk about this. Uh, I think his name is Jack Cady. He he's done a lot of research around this, and and he feels that this was um, a, a much more advanced civilization. Obviously, obviously that would be that would have this kind of technology. You know, to be able to number one get that close to the sun. <laughs> And, and number two, create an object that that's la that large that has that capacity. It's a, it almost looked like it was like the pictures you see of a of a, a big B fifty two or something refueling right. in the in right. the air from a tanker ship. But but if you think about the date two thousand and twelve, that was when all of that stuff about the end of the world was out right. there and, right. and the Mayan yeah. calendar and all that stuff. The, the end so, of one age and the beginning of another is essentially what they were talking exactly. About. Which which may be true. Right, uh, but what he's saying is that during that time frame, the sun was was very volatile. There were these huge flares, solar flares that were building up. Yeah. Now, if the Earth gets hit by a solar flare, a big one, that's game, that's game over. Uh, yeah. Game over. Well, definitely, there goes the whole electric grid. Yeah. It's because we we're not set up for that. We could be, but we haven't put the money into it. We haven't. Yeah. We have not grounded the electrical grid properly. No. So it, it could be done, but we haven't. We, we choose. We, we not choose to, to fund other. We other, choose not to um, things. So this guy's saying that after the after this orb came to toward the sun and and it seemed like it was siphoning energy off the sun. That's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. The the sun calmed down and went went almost placid. So so he's saying that the sun actually. Um, was was getting ready to send out this huge flare. So so whoever whoever this group was actually caused the sun to to keep that from happening. Right. So it was actually protecting the earth. They actually bled off all the excess exactly. energy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So when you think about that, that's kind of that that's kind of comforting to think that there is a, a much more advanced society that sort of has our back. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but that that makes me feel a lot better. The idea that somebody is looking out right. for us, and right. And that, the thing is, is like it's way more advanced than we are. We're, you know, <coughs> we probably look like cretins compared to. These, well, they, it, I mean, they could be ten thousand years more advanced than we are. Yeah, and we're going to be talking <clears throat> about that phenomenon later on. Right. Right. So, I mean, but the but the, the the notion is, and and I and I had this sort of quasi heated argument last night about the news media mm -hmm. and the suppression of the news media. And whenever somebody says, when they represent a fact, and they said, oh, well, I heard, I heard this on CBS News, and they'll post a link from CBS well, that, News. That would be an alternative fact. 
That's an alternative fact. And I say, and I, and New term. like, for example, the, the, the Guantanamo base and the, and the prisoner population has been depleted under Obama. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that it's like, how do you know that? Well, the government said so. So the government, which is known to lie to us, told the news media who has been caught lying to us in the past. Well, the news media is an instrument for that. It is. Let's face it. I mean, that's, that's pretty clear. And the, the mainstream media, which I think somehow, some way, it's, it's, it's all connected and they get this set of things that they put marching out. Marching orders. Yeah, what, whatever, talking from, points. From who knows where. We don't know. But anyway, getting back to that um, event, what do, you, what do you think about that, Jim? What, what do you think about that scenario? I, I think it's valid. I mean, really. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, there's so much out there that's coming to the forefront. I mean, I don't know how they can like uh, have plausible deniability any longer. I really don't. I mean, more and more is leaking out. You know, more well, and more is being disclosed. I mean, if this is NASA footage, they they can't deny that. They they took it. They they but, they did. But, the, but they see, they 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 always deny. They deny well, everything. They, they didn't they, weigh, they didn't really weigh in on it. They just said we don't know what it was. That's all they okay. really said. They didn't. Well, they yeah, didn't they even come up with any yeah. theories. Well, I, I'm <clears> sure, yeah. They say they don't know what it was, but I'm sure they speculate amongst themselves. Oh, Maybe yeah. they know more than they say. No, they may know what it was. And we're also talking. Well, about, yeah. We're also yeah. talking about the same government agency that that quote lost forty rolls of film. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! How, a, and, and the thing, how, how can how can you look at something like that? They, they lost, lost the moon rocks too. They went with it. They we, lost we moon had, rocks. They we lost had 40, uh, 40 rolls of home movies that that never got lost. You know, of, yeah. of me yeah. dancing around the Christmas tree and stuff like that. You can't that. get rid of those rolls. No, like nobody that. wants it. You know, so I, I don't know how they did that. I, so. I don't understand how that happens. I can't understand the. Th- Would you not say that landing on the moon is probably one of the most historical, significant? events to happen in the past 2,000 years. Right. And how do you lose the footage? Come on. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. How, how do you lose it's, that? It's, it's ridiculous. It is. Yeah, it's it is ridiculous. Absurd. But, you know, one of these days, some, yeah. some, maybe it's in the, maybe the footage is in the Smithsonian with all the other stuff. Mm. The real mm-hmm. Smithsonian, not the, the Smithsonian Yeah, the, the, the real public. Smithsonian. Yeah. yeah, the real Smithsonian. The, I think the underground the Smithsonian. The show does, a, you know, the metaphysical connection does a service in, in raising consciousness. I mean, you know, they may think we're, crazy or you guys are crazy for some of the things you put forward but i i think it's necessary it's a necessary thing to just put it out there you believe what you want but at least start thinking about things yeah and i think people are hungry for things that um at least attempt to explain some of these things yeah the mainstream media i mean i never saw that footage um of that of that orb coming close to the sun uh, on any mainstream media outlet and i and i watch the news Pretty pretty much daily, you know. I never. How saw did you find that? that? Um, this this guy was on uh, Open Minds on Gaia uh, with, okay, with Regina okay. Meredith, and he talked about it, and he showed the footage, and I was like, "Really? Yeah. Why did I yeah. never see that? Come on!" Yeah. And it's on YouTube. It's you can That's you can really get good. it on YouTube, that was, that was which is where I the one I got. There, there's some even some people who have sort of interpreted it as um, being the formation of a planet, and and. Um, or formation of some kind of right. space debris or something. And, and one thing this guy postulated, which which I found really interesting, is that the sun is actually a, a being. It's 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 a living being. It's it's um, well, it, you know, it's been worshipped by sure by, I by pagan read religions that before and, myself. Yes, absolutely. And, and that this was something that 
you know, this orb was something that was sort of tranquilizing this yeah. this being that gets volatile sometimes, you know. So I, I had never thought of the sun that way. I always just thought of it as, I mean, it's a star. It's a big, yeah. you know, I, I don't know enough about the universe to, and how its formation well, was. Well, everything but. has life. Everything, down to the smallest stone. Everything has life. Yeah, it's, it's, so why it's not vibrating at some frequency. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So. Except for my house on Sunday night. Things are pretty bad here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's uh, really vibrating, Eric. Everybody's yeah. on tonight. Eric. Well, I mean, and th there's another news item that sort of taps into this because there were some anomalies seen over in the atmosphere above, above Venus, and people were speculating, hey, could there be some kind of microbial life living um, uh, on the upper layers of the atmosphere in uh, in Venus. Is that a possibility? So, well, yeah, because I've heard it speculated that we have that here in our atmosphere. Yes. Forget what they're called, but you know, it's whatever, whatever they are, and it's a new life form that I mean, we, I mean, scientists just admitted that they just found a new layer or um, uh, within the eye. The, the human eye has a layer that we've never considered or looked at before or, or discovered. I mean, the more the more research you find, the more more mysteries that you find. They just well, found this tiny ligament in knee injuries that they never knew existed anatomically. I think they discovered it like a couple a year or two ago. Huh. Guess Da Vinci missed miss that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ma, give me a, another espresso, please. I got my, my Peyton here. <laughs> something, something I want to want to close out your segment with, Jim, is you know talking about we we've always talked over the years about how everything is connected somehow. Yeah, you just can't always make the connection. I I saw a photograph of um of the of the night sky and and taken with it with a just a regular camera. You know, you see all the d distinct stars and and how they all look just like separate spots of light yeah. points of light various sizes well i i saw a picture of um the night sky taken with an infrared camera i think it was infrared it was on some other spectrum other than what normal photography is and there were there were connections between all the stars yeah there were like so it looked like a web mm -hmm. um i just found that really interesting because i think oh, that's yeah, something absolutely. that absolutely that shows that we think of things as as being separate, but in yeah. reality, everything's connected somehow. And yeah. I think that's probably a good segue into our, yeah. the next part of the show. Well, with, if you with go Carl to yes, Sagan. it is, and you go to Native, you know, Native American lore. I mean, that's what they believe. That's what they teach. Right? right. They they believe we're all connected. We're all connected. That they believe that life was created by um, Spider Mother. And she web she created a web sure that that connected everything sure and if you think of a web it you know it's all sure pinpoints uh, that, that makes sense yeah that's yeah. a good uh, that's a very good and very you, good and, analogy and, and, and another thing is is that the web that you're looking at uh, how do you know that that's not like the intergalactic highway mm -hmm. you know how, yeah. how do you yeah. you know how do you know how how would you know you don't mm -hmm. you know you it don't could know. be travel lanes for a, you know alien craft yeah. i mean i remember that you you guys probably remember where was it internet exeter which which one of those abductees said that they were shown a star chart with lanes of travel and that we were quarantined because we betty hill betty and, betty and barney hill okay yeah yep yeah mm -hmm. so you make good points guys and uh eric i'll send you this uh, these google coordinates in case you want to post them in case anybody yeah, this, wants to this this is up. this is going to be show number 48 so just just so just go to the metaphysicalpodcast.com 
And then on the sidebar, we have all uh, the entire list of all the shows that we've ever hosted. And and this is this is show forty eight for the people who are listening to the podcast. Coming up now. on the big five zero. Be coming up on the big five zero. We're gonna have that's a, amazing. Okay. Yeah, and then all and right. then uh, then we're gonna have a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna hey, buy we're gonna buy sports we're gonna buy sports cars. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna buy sports cars and we're gonna we're gonna chase women far younger and we're gonna embarrass ourselves with Spe- toupees and. Speaking of that, my my Porsche went away on Tuesday, Jim. I was just gonna ask you that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I away I, I it was a sad sad departure but it but it had to be and i literally heard taps for did you? I, did did. You? I did all I, the way over here in range i, I was i was lo- i looked at the clock and i thought I, I didn't think i didn't think you could hear my sobbing all the way from, <laughs> oh, all, all the, all the oh, way from dublin way down here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well when it shows up on the monadnock ledger we'll uh... <laughs> all right jim thanks again for a good segment right, guys have a good show yeah, we'll Bye. talk to you next week That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering. Thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines. Every hunter and forager every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment 
the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. Let's roll. Um, you and Jim are, have been best friends for ages, right? Right. Okay. Long, longer than I care to count. Right. I mean, your friendship with Jim has lasted longer than most people's marriages. Oh, yeah. Probably. He, he's more like a brother than a brother. Right. You know? Well, uh, um, we're, we're like brothers of the spirit. Uh, um, so imagine if like 20 years from now, so, like I wrote a book talking about how one of you tried to keep the other one down. Yeah. And that you were getting, like, Jim's getting too big for his britches. And behind the scenes, you were trying to keep him down and keep him in place. How would, the, how would that make fans of yours feel? Um, I don't know. That's a strange question. It's a strange question. That's exactly how I feel about Carl Sagan and Frank Drake right now. Uh, and the thing is, is that... They were friends? Well, I mean, they, they were they were they were friends, and and like they went to meetings together, they went to conferences together. But were they in competition with each other? Well, publicly, that, that's what usually it, it's usually ego that leads to those kinds of things. And you know, I'm not saying that Jim and I probably have had a few disagreements over the years, but you know, it's it's more about ego when those things happen. Like yeah. who's who's the who's the smarter, who's the better scientist, who's the whatever. Right. Who, who has the best theory about right. civilization in the universe? Mm -hmm. And you have two competing ideas. Right. So, but, but before we get any further, there's, there's one thing that we sort of have to sort of revisit, and it's your favorite topic. Okay, your second favorite topic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. The big A. The big A. And an Aki. Exactly. Okay, that's good. And, 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 the, entire, and, and the entire legends of the Sumerian culture. You didn't even make me like force it into the conversation no not at all brought it right out i brought it right out and the thing is is that if you look at the sumerians this is when civilization just suddenly sprang up well so we're told so we're told right. but the but the thing is, is that you look at the entire history of the the entire mesopotamia valley with the sumerians and the sumerians were responsible for a whole host of things yeah like writing and um metallurgy and yeah you know that why would all that stuff just suddenly pop up in one spot? All of a sudden, yeah, it, it, does, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And you look at actually. the and you look at the Sumerian writings, including the Sumerian Bible. There are all these stories of these supernatural beings. Right, the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki had they came to Earth with a specific goal. They had and and there was something that they were doing. Well, that's what Anunnaki means. That. Uh, those who came from heaven to earth. Right. And they came here with a purpose. And that purpose was whatever it is. A lot of people seem to think that they were here for gold, for whatever that they whatever they needed the gold for. 
and the late it was labor intensive work and they came up with the idea of breeding a, a new class of people and they took the they 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 took the parts of of one of the anunnaki and they created out of whole cloth with other biological hominids that were here in the region and created man. Well, they did a gene splice. They did a, they did a gene splice essentially. Right. And and a lot of people are are saying, well, those are just legends. And that there are other there are other books out there. There are old manuscripts and old religious writings, like the in the the uh, the Christian and and the and and the. Uh, and the, and the Jewish Bible, there are illusions of beings that have come from out of the sky and impart some kind of wisdom to human society mm-hmm. or create human yeah, it's, society. It's part of the, uh, it's part of the creation story of right. most, most uh, indigenous people, actually. The Hindus have a collection of writing yeah, of I mean, it's gods across having... Across the board, almost. They have Indigenes, the, you know. They it's all have a, some version of that story. Something about gods coming from the sky and wrecking havoc. Right. And the thing is, like, if you're going to, like, if you're going to ask yourself, why gods from the sky? Why do the, why does it seems like all the gods come from the sky? Why not out of the ocean? Why not out of the earth? Why mm-hmm. not out of the trees? Why the sky? Well, you have to ask yourself that question. Why, why is that a standard part of the story? You know, it's, it's across the board, really. And, 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 and we have this in, inbred belief that gods come from the stars. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Now, there's one person in particular who thought that we should really, really look hard at this. We should look at the evidence from a scientific point of view. And let's actually do an audit of all the religious writings and look at it from a scientific point point of view not like eric von von donegan who took some giant leaps of logic i mean do apply the scientific process Mm -hmm. into looking who are these super beings and that would be carl sagan that would be carl sagan Mm -hmm. and the thing is is that i i've i've read and i've reread and i've listened to and i've re-listened to this book called the sagan conspiracy and this is what really sort of got me down on 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 this on this road here and it turned out that a lot of what carl sagan said he believed is not really what he actually believed and he um he wrote a lot of things about how we really need to put aside crazy things like astrology new age mysticism a lot of these hokey book you know ancient alien bs and and apply the scientific method to a new branch of archaeology that he that he wanted to see come to fruition in his in his time and that in back in the early 1960s right around the time when frank drake the infamous frank drake who created the 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 drake equation frank drake came up with this equation trying to prove that there are alien civilizations out there and his and 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 we have it posted on, on on the show notes for for episode 48 the drake equation which proves that if if you go through this this logic chain, there has to be millions of advanced civilizations out there that are at least on par with ours. Right. Okay. The problem with Frank Drake is that Frank Drake was convinced that traveling between the stars is impossible. Mm-hmm. 
and it will well, we're it, using conventional spacecraft Frank Drake Is that his thinking I, I don't know much about him but. Fr- Frank Drake would not even acknowledge the fact that uh, any society any culture that was hundreds of years or thousands of years more advanced than us would ever be able to travel th- th- through uh, through the cosmos mm-hmm. this is and this is back in the late 50s early 60s so he was postulating that it would be impossible for an alien race to to get to the earth that's that's his, his whole line of thinking that that was his whole line of thinking that's that's what he built his career so that's upon pretty archaic actually when you think about it i mean when you think about the concept of using wormholes and he, he won't even acknowledge that. Hmm. He won't even acknowledge that as being that a possibility. And, and the thing is, is that it's like if you if you think about where we've gone in the past, let's say, 100 years, mm-hmm. do you think that in, in 1917, people would have had the concept of the Internet? No, of course not. Do you think that people in the like the Concorde or space travel robots going to the outer planets to take pictures? Do you think that that was ever in anybody's? Do you, nobody had a grasp of no, cosmic no, physics? No, no, nobody would have even been able to imagine that, other than real advanced thinkers, right? Like, you know, maybe science like fiction Jules, writers, Jules Verne or somebody, right? Like that you know, and so, and others, yeah, Arthur C. Clarke and people like right. That. So this guy Frank Drake had had the American government hoodwinked into believing that space travel between the stars is impossible. It is, it, it, we can't even fathom a society ever being able to or even wanting to go to travel into space. Mm. And Frank Drake was one of the founders of SETI, which is the notion of taking this new invention called radio telescopes right. and searching the heavens for alien signals well carl sagan worked on that too right? well he did yeah and the, and well, carl sagan was like let's eliminate every possibility mm-hmm. let's el- well, also wasn't there wasn't there a line of thinking that um you know if, if there was in fact an alien civilization that um was advanced <coughs> enough to to respond would they do it that way exactly would, would they do it in such a primitive form of communication and we also have the fermi radio signal. we also have the fermi paradox where whereas enrico fermi had in his response to frank drake after the radio telescopes working and searching the heavens for maybe at least a time where is everybody mm-hmm. if the frank drake equation works out that there are millions of advanced civilizations here in our galaxy alone well i mean that's almost common sense where are they well yeah where are they i mean they are there are huge distances between right um you know between what could potentially be earth type of sure planets that could support life sure um somewhat similar to, to ours anyway so carl sagan wrote a paper which is now known as the carl sagan stanford paper where he 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 combines the note Frank Drake's equation, saying we're going to take Frank Drake's equation as gospel. That there are th- hundreds of thousands or millions of advanced civilizations out there that are comparable to ours or beyond, and then he took the Fermi paradox, and and um, or the notion of the Fermi paradox at the time, saying, well, where is everybody? 
mm-hmm. he came to the conclusion, whereas if you look at these ancient writings, like the Sumerian tablets, the Sumerian legends, mm-hmm. the, uh, the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel in, the, in the Bible, there's evidence that they're, 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 they came and they left. They were well, already where did here. Sagan weigh, how did he weigh in on that? What was his view of, of um, the Sumerian tablets and, and that story that his, is on there? His that, whole notion. According to Zachariah Zitch, and he's the one that interpreted it because he's one of the few people that actually yeah. can read Sumerian writing. Carl Sagan was one of the... He's, he's, he's passed away now, but... Carl Sagan was famous for saying, reading the Bible and reading other ancient texts at face value, taking them being literal is ridiculous. Hmm. Because the thing is, is that how would Bush people explain the internet? They couldn't without... No, they, have, they have no um, way to gauge that. Exactly. What, what it is or isn't. Right. How could you, I mean, the There's thing no reference point for that, right? And, it, and, it, and the thing is, is like trying to trying to teach my dog algebra. I mean, there's no frame of reference, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you look at the primitive cultures here on Earth and you have the spacecraft coming down to Earth and warning people through Ezekiel. Hey, listen, if you people don't get your shit together. In the next thousand years, you're going to obliterate yourself in an atomic war. I'm being facetious, mm-hmm. and this is hyperbole to, to sort of illustrate the point. Well, my my question is, and and I think you probably know more about Sagan than I do, but um, I mean, I know him from the show Cosmos, and um, I I always found him to be, uh, I don't know, somewhat disinterested somehow yeah. or, or um, distant, I guess, maybe. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I watched the show, but I never really latched on to it. Sure. Um, not not diminishing what he did or what he accomplished. I, I think that, I think the, the show Cosmos that he did was sort of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. What his thinking was. Right. And he had to kind of pare things down to, to sort of fit some kind of framework that was palatable to. Right. To, I think it was on PBS. Yeah, it was, a, it was the station that that broadcast it. But they probably even had some parameters that he had to stick with to make it. Yeah. Um, but it, to me, it sort of left me cold. I, I, yeah. I don't know, really know why. Um, I never, I guess, analyzed it. It just some things just I, I you know, I would just gravitate to, toward. And that, right. That was not one of them. Yeah. Not diminishing him or what he accomplished. No, not at all. Like because his, because there were aspects of this that his heart was not in it. And, and that kind of came through to me. I, I yeah. don't know why. Because the thing is that he wasn't able, he felt restrained from telling the whole story. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is that, and, and at the time, Carl Sagan was the poster boy for NASA, JPL, and a little known organization known as DARPA. Mm. And DARPA is going to be huge. And Annie Jacobson, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give her a plug for another one of her books, The Pentagon's Brain. And she talks about how DARPA is the organization where the military-industrial complex funnels everything. Mm, they screen stuff. Yeah. They screen through everything. And the thing is, is that and and there should be like a plaque on the wall. Their mantra is, "How can we weaponize this?" When was that created? 
Uh, DARPA went through very similar. It's it's actually an offshoot of Operation Paperclip, of all things. Oh, gee, that's a surprise. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. And, and and the entire notion is that how can we use SETI? How can we weaponize SETI? And you think that that's ridiculous. <laughs> how can you weaponize <laughs> the search for yeah. aliens? The thing is, is that so when SETI... When SETI is not reaching out, looking for alien transmissions from the stars, Mm -hmm. SETI is being used for other things like monitoring Soviet satellites or Chinese satellites or whatever. They're looking for evidence on the moon of the Russians testing atomic weapons or whatever. And for whatever reason, SETI has allegedly two different goals. Search for alien life and alien signals and do whatever it does for the military. There's an aspect, and there's, and the thing is, is what, that, what could radius telescopes do though? I don't. What, how could you weaponize that? I, I, well, how, you, you monitoring. You can use it for monitoring oh, devices, okay. and guess, and yeah. and you're using SETI as a test bed for other monitoring devices. Oh, okay. How yeah, can maybe. How, how can you enhance signal strength yeah. that you're receiving? That's an, that's that's another fine example. So well, one one of the um, things, one of the one of the things I like best about Sagan um, is his one and only work of fiction, Contact. Contact. Right. Which I which I think is um, a, a really major work of fiction. Yeah. Um, and SETI plays into that. Which it is it why, does which a is lot. Why I'm bringing it up uh, for the people who have not read the book or seen the movie. Now the movie differs quite a bit from it does. The, from the book um i read the book a long time ago yeah i think that came out in the mid 80s it did um and then the movie wasn't made until somewhere in the 90s I think. yeah um no no I, uh, let me <clears> think or, or yeah later than that i think it was the 90s i think like it was late the late 90s, 90s yeah. yeah uh jody foster is the main character yeah, it's a phenomenal movie <clears throat> it really is i've seen it time and time again uh, however, the the book is is much more dense than the, the it movie is. is, and and that happens a lot because they just can't get everything into the yeah. book. But um, the the basic premise for it is for the people who have not seen it is that there's a there's an astronomer who's Jodie Foster, yeah, and they get she's working on the SETI complex, and and they get this incoming signal that they deem to be from an alien race, and it actually right. comes on oddly enough on um, a television broadcast, yeah. F- with Hitler, right? Uh, which is which is kind of ironic when you think about it. That that's what they tended to use as their format to they, send that back. to They us. beam back our <clears throat> own, right? Right. And there's there's actually a, a a message that's mathematical. Yeah. Which which is kind of cool because I do think that's probably the language of the of the universe. Yeah. Like a universal way to communicate. Yeah. And part of that message attached to that message is is the plans for a device. Like a um, a wormhole device is the only way. That yeah, you it's, can... a, it's a it's a it's a way to travel through space. A portal. Right, and in the in the book, it it allowed for five people to to go on and travel. Journey. Yeah. In the mo- movie, they pared it down to yeah. one. And in the book, Sagan really delved into a lot of uh, a lot of fo- more philosophical issues, like the interface between science and religion. Yeah. Because they were trying to determine who was going to go on this device, and and they had pe- theologists, and they had um, people from other countries, so it was really it was really a in a sense it was sort of a, a way to bridge the gap between right. all of these varying mindsets. 
Um, and then there was a couple of false starts and things like that. But but they ended up taking off in this thing. And then there was a discrepancy in the in the amount of time they were gone. They, right. They, they thought they were gone like 18 months. And, and the thing was actually gone for 20 minutes. Yeah. So it turns out uh, Sagan... Uh, and it it came through in the movie, but not quite as strongly. It was that they it used a wormhole to get from right that, that were and these wormholes were uh, passages that were created by some ancient race. Yeah, you yeah. Know, who knows millions of years. And, they, and he made that point perfectly <clears throat> clear that that yeah. that the people who were using the space highway, um, they don't know who built it, other than the right. fact that it's, it, ancient. And, and, it's, and, it's an ancient an advanced race that came before them right. Right. built it. It would be like pathways that we find on the planet that we don't know who, yeah. who built them, you know. Yeah. Um, so the main character, Jodie Foster, go. she ends up on a planet very similar to Earth and ends up on a beach and she meets her father. Now, her father right. had passed had been, away early in the movie. Had been dead yeah. since she was very young, so she never really knew him. She had yeah. a stepfather, I guess, or something. No, it was, yeah. Um, but it turns out that her it's really not her father. It's an alien right. who's using that guise to, to sort of connect with her. Right. Um, and imparts some some, some, some philosophy to her, yeah. and and it has to do with pi, yeah, with a, with the Greek um, mathematical mathematical. Well, it's not the Greek; they because they yeah. discovered it, I guess, or they yeah. they uncovered it. There are other the hidden messages, and of all right. things, pi. <clears throat> right, and it came back as you know a message, for, yeah, for the for the planet. Uh, so it's it's it, it's a very interesting story. He won a lot of awards for that. He won oh a, yeah, a Nebula Award. And, uh, <laughs> but there's one thing that he did not earn. What was that? Uh, <laughs> Frank Drake's respect. <laughs> yeah, they they must have been at odds. For well, him. and the thing is, is that but getting back to the Stanford paper back in the early 1960s. Well, let's finish up with Contact first. Oh, finish up with um, Contact, and then, and I, then I just think that for our listeners who who have not seen that, at least seen the movie, you should watch it. That's in one of my top ten. Really, movies, yeah. I think all-time movies. Yeah. Um, just because of all of the implications that I mean, it's a yeah. good, yeah. it's a good story, but there's also a lot of implications for for the hum, human existence. I think right wrapped into that, which which really elevated Sagan in my eyes yeah. in terms of what his overall yeah. mindset was and where he was going with his his work. Um, unfortunately, that's the only work of fiction that he he wrote. Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, yeah. I don't know. But he had, he had a number of books that he wrote. Yeah, did he have like twenty books or something? Or uh, he had quite a few somewhere I th- in that I, area. Yeah, I know of I know of at least five. Yeah, but anyway, but anyway, getting back to nineteen sixty two sixty three, DARPA and the people at the Pentagon had gotten a hold of Sagan's Stanford paper, and they said, "Well, what the hell is this bullshit here? How can we weaponize?" ancient manuscripts and they basically had said listen you better straighten up and fly right or you're not going to be the face of nasa jpl anymore you're not going to have exclusive access to the signals coming back from voyager you're not going to be you you, here's a list of things that you're never going to be able to do again if you keep pushing this whole ancient ancient astronaut bullshit they put the they put the thumb down on him yeah the big thumb yeah so they put the collar on him Mm -hmm. and he he became what one of the greatest best known skeptics of of fringe science or Mm -hmm. pseudoscience Mm -hmm. And, and to an extent, hey, listen, Carl Sagan had a point about pseudoscience. A fine example is like you and I talking about metaphysical stuff. Carl Sagan would, would say it's okay to, you know, point to links and all like this. But, but what we really should do is 
We should put like a leash on people like Eric Von Donegan and have him work with people who are actual real scientists instead of making these conjecture, instead of making these wild leaps here. And let's actually get real archaeologists and real scientists to do an audit of all these ancient manuscripts and look at all these locations and take a real honest to goodness look. Well, that's the there. There's the key word right there. <clears throat> that's the caveat. Can yeah. you get these people to be honest? I mean, in essence, can you? Yeah. You know, regardless of of how you posture it, there's it's still their interpretation of the data. You know, and data can be manipulated. You you yeah. you know that. So that's my bugaboo with with that approach. Um, yes, yeah, science is a, is a good thing because it advances our our thinking and our civilization to a degree. However, it also can be an impediment to progress yeah. in some ways, you know, without, sometimes you have to take a leap of faith, yeah. I think. You know, that's just my spin. And I, I always gravitate in that direction anyway. Yeah. You know, I I, um, I want to believe in magic. Yeah. And I, I don't always care how it's done. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to think that, and, and I know that it's, a lot of times it's, it's an illusion. Right. Um, but I like the illusion. I, I, I like that that part of human existence where yeah. it's not it's where it's kind of unknown. It's kind of like you can't categorize it or you can't yeah. measure it or you can't um, size it up completely. You know, I, I've always gravitated toward that i guess right my that's my personal point of view but, well this is this is where which is where maybe where i differ with sagan i don't know this is this is where um i'm trying to find the name here on my sheet here uh dr brian leary who was an, an apollo astronaut and he was a professor at cornell with carl sagan right. that's where Car carl sagan sort of cut his teeth at cornell he got his undergraduate degrees there and, and he became like a like a <clears throat> permanent fixture there well, the thing is, is that um, Dr. Brian Leary and a couple of other people have come forward and they had said, here's the here's a darker aspect of Carl Sagan. And this really, really makes me sad. If Carl Sagan had a little too much to drink or mm -hmm. if he was he would get agitated on the topic and he would he would get into verbal fights with people about the existence of ancient aliens mm. and he got into what pro was, or con pro mm -hmm. he had said there is evidence all over the place that we were visited by an ancient alien civilization they left their mark here and they those bastards are purposely covering it up so he was he was kind of admitting um private semi-privately semi-privately what he was not admitting publicly exactly so he, so he had two points of view really and and one for the public and one for the and for his, for his drinking buddies. Yeah, and the, and 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 I think that the the straw that broke the camel's back was when one of the Mariner probes started to send pictures back of the alleged now famous face on Mars. Mm. Carl Sagan had to go forward, and he had to say it's probably not a face carved into a mountain. Because the thing is, is that human beings are hardwired to see faces everywhere. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, find an example. When you, you look at the you look at my stone floor. If you look at it long enough, or you look at it cross-eyed, you can see things. You know, you see well, things yeah. that it's like the people who see uh, an image of Jesus and right. a pat of butter, or, or the Virgin Mary on or a on piece of piece, toast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. or a potato that looks like Richard Nixon. If you, well, it's not that far off. Um, it, you know, you can yeah, you can kind of 
force your way into seeing images yeah. somehow if you want to. Right. If you, if you stare at something long enough, I guess. Right. And, you know, if I make a, if I make a circle, two dots and a half a circle, and within that, it's a, it's a happy face. Mm. You know, you, you, you just happen to see faces. So in, in private, what did he, did he ever weigh in Carl on? Carl Sagan was... On the face of Mars? What was that? I don't know. That's a weird pop. Yeah. It's probably the NSA. Um, the, but the thing is, is that Carl Sagan was pissed that for him to be able to keep his high position yeah. and the spokesperson for science... American science, he had to bullshit the people and say, it's not a face on Mars. Mm. But publicly, whereas he was saw, he, he watched people doctor these photographs for human, for, for public consumption, right. and he was pissed. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess the bottom line is you, you kind of have to weigh his, accomplish, his accomplishments versus... Yeah what things he may have accomplished had he not taken that tact. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a big decision that I think a lot of people in his position have to make. You know, do you want to, do you want to toe the company line or, or do you, and, and, you know, face losing whatever funding you have? Because that's always yeah. a threat. I'm sure that's, you know, implied oh, sure. or direct, you know, versus what you really believe or what you really feel. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think... If you look at his overall career, what what he did was he I think he changed the paradigm for people people's view of cosmology. I think um, he he switched from um, sort of an Earth centric point of view, where yeah. where people see the Earth as the, the kind of the center of the universe, not necessarily even literally, but um, sort of the Earth is everything and everything else just kind yeah. of out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, he he called it for what it was it's 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 a little planet pale blue dot pale blue dot on the edge of uh the galaxy uh that you know is is relatively inconsequential in in the scheme of things yeah uh and it was sort of like he viewed it as on the shore of the right uh and, and that the- i i found that those those words in that particular segment i don't remember which one it was but it, there was 13 different yeah different shows yeah i'll I'll play the clip i'll play the clip when he talks about the pale blue dot yeah and 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 i found that to ring true that was yeah i have to say a lot of the stuff he talked about you know was it was brought down to terms and he was a very brilliant guy brought down to terms that most people could understand sure you know so he brought it into some kind of a vernacular yeah that was not purely scientific that only five people on the planet could you know, five right. astronomers on the planet knew what the hell he was talking about. Yeah. You know, so that, in a sense, I think was a was a positive contribution. And he wasn't he too. wasn't condescending. Not not at all, not at all. He understood that he had a vast knowledge in this area, but not everybody did, and he was trying to bring that to the general public. I think. Yeah. Which which you know he I'm sure benefited from it financially. But, sure. But by the same token, I think he had an altruistic motive too. Yeah. You know? mm. I never really knew any of that behind the scenes kind of stuff that you, that I guess you researched. But yeah, um, but there were a lot of aspects. I just remember him dying. He, yeah, you know. and that was that was infinitely I mean, sad. He was fairly young. He was, and one he was of the, early sixties. Yeah, and one of the things that the author of of this book, the, the Sagan Conspiracy, he wonders because the thing is, is that Carl Sagan was working on like his final paper, 
and, and his final body of work. And he was going to do a book on everything we've talked about for the past, I don't know, with, including Jim, everything we've talked about for more than the, the past hour. Hmm. And the thing is, is that he died of a strange form of cancer. And right. one of the leading causes of this cancer is plutonium poisoning. Hmm. Could he have been? Could he have been slipped something? Could he have accidentally come into contact Very with possible? Something? If he was going to come out with something and people yeah. got wind of it, and yeah, I mean it's it's clearly possible. Um, yeah, you have to wonder about yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, it's still, maybe maybe he was going to come clean. Maybe yeah, he was going to let it all out. He was going to let it all out with this, and that's what people were afraid of. Because the thing is, is that I mean, like we had said earlier in an earlier part of the show, NASA freaking lost. 40 rolls of film yeah that's hard to imagine yeah i, I know um yeah it, it's a, it's all big part of a big it's all it's um, all and, and the thing is is that to get conspiratorial i don't want to say conspiracy but but the thing is is that i mean you've lost 40 rolls of film i mean i i don't i'm sorry I, I don't buy that i honestly i don't i don't believe that no it's hard to imagine it's hard to imagine um so the thing is 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 that so we're looking at Carl Sagan's legacy now. Who was Carl Sagan, and who did he, and who? What did he really believe? Who was really Carl Sagan? Well, one thing that came out, um, and I guess I knew this sort of, was that he always postulated himself as an atheist. Yeah. Um, which to me seems strange because when, yeah. when you look at what he was talking about, the cosmos, and, yeah. and how um, really miraculous that is. Yeah. When you start thinking about it, how could you not? How could you disavow that there was not some creative force behind that? Yeah, you exactly. Call well, it God or yeah. whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. But it's hard for me to imagine that he could believe that there was not something behind that right. design. Yeah. You know that it was all just kind of random. That that does not make sense to me. Now no. there, there's some conjecture that he changed. On his deathbed, he sure. he, convert, he became a believer in a higher power. Okay, but I don't know, and that's that's not really been confirmed. But you know, a lot of people say it's nonsense that it's just some somebody trying to kind of make him into a religious person somehow right. or something. You know, I, I don't know, and and I guess it really doesn't matter because everybody has their own viewpoint on stuff. That that is just hard no. for me to fathom that he didn't see the um, the larger power at work. Right, you know, but. Maybe he just focused on the science of it. And yeah. There is, a, there is a kind of a, and I don't think it has to be, but there is kind of a disconnect between science and religion. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it has to be. I think, I think it, it's, it's got a clear interface for me. I mean, one thing is connected to the other. Yeah. You know? And I'm talking about spirituality now. I'm not talking about organized religion right. necessarily. Right. Two different things. So we're, so we're, so one of the things that's important to remember here is that Frank Drake had said that we would have discovered alien signals by the year 2000. Mm -hmm. It was just right around the corner. Any day now, any minute, the year 2000 and 2001 came and went. No alien signals. What Frank have to say about that? Well, the thing is, is that this is what gets into the whole thing is, is that maybe they're communicating on... A higher frequency, maybe that they're communicating on a higher form of electromagnetism that we haven't discovered yet. And every time you turn around, Frank, Frank Drake has a brand new excuse. Frank's still alive. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. uh, he's he's fading into twilight, as it were. Yeah. 
And the, and and Frank Frank Drake has an excuse for he won't everything. Give up the ghost, huh? Yeah, he won't give up the ghost, and he won't give up the ghost in in the sense that he and a couple of other people did everything that they possibly could to undermine Carl Sagan. Well, you know, and that's not that atypical because these people that they they create a paradigm for themselves, and and they hang their hat on it, and they lock themselves into that, and then when it looks like that's not going to work, they dig their claws into it, and they they won't they double down. It. You know, and that's sad, kind of. It's yeah, pathetic, really, almost. Um, it's it's just you know. Yeah. Really, come on, you got you got to like look at the new things that are being discovered and and change, shift your. There's nothing wrong with admitting that maybe your some of your things you were thinking was incorrect. I I've you know? changed my thinking on a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you sort of have to do that to keep moving on down the line. Yeah, and I don't understand, like, what the hell is wrong with some people who cannot admit they're wrong? That's called being closed-minded. Well, you'd think that somebody like Frank Drake would come out and say, wow, you know what, the thing is, is that the one thing that has come out of SETI is that, listen, we search for the heavens, we haven't found any radio signals, there's something to be said about that. And here's what I think the conclusions are. I mean, be a man about it. Pardon my language. Pardon my hyperbole. <laughs> but be a man about it. And the thing yeah. is, is that a, the, a, a government that was convinced in this in the in the fifties, sixties, and seventies that traveling faster than the speed of light through conventional means is out of the question. And that's that's not entirely true. It is true, but it's not true. Now we're discovering things about energy. We're, you know, uh, bending the time-space continuum. We're discovering all sorts of special properties of super magnets and superconductors. We are just, we are finding, and uh, one of the items really, that I had... really delving into um, the quantum level of, right. of existence. And we're also looking at dark matter and dark energy. Yeah. And one of the things that, one of the news items, and I'm surprised that Jim didn't bring this up, there was a new study out there that says that there is some cosmic force that is causing the universe to spread faster than we ever thought possibly before mm -hmm. it's accelerating yeah. it's and, and the yeah. thing is is that and they're expanding and, and yeah it's expanding and the thing is is that there's there there was somebody who speculated that the universe may be expanding faster than the speed of light hmm. how is that possible how can space and time travel faster than the speed of light? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how that's possible. Okay, but, but it may be. But what if you, but what if you can tap into that phenomenon? Well, it's just like with Drake. If you, if you gauge things by an old paradigm, yeah, that's, there's some things that are just not going to fit into right. that. So you just throw those out. Just say, yeah, oh, well, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, that's, the, that's what those people do. You know, 150 years it's ago, like the anomalies we were talking about. Before. Right, we find stuff that could not have possibly been from that time frame yeah but, but yet there it is so they just say well i don't know just well, we don't want to talk about that yeah i don't know you know that's stick your head in the sand there, same thing there was once a time when people thought that it would be impossible to drive from to to get from here in southern new hampshire in this part in southern new hampshire to boston and back it would be impossible because a the roads, and you can't get a horse and buggy to go that fast. Well, yeah, because they had no frame they, of reference for that. I can, they only knew what they knew at the time. I could drive just to, like us now. We only know, we the things that are going to be around a hundred years from now, which probably neither, yeah. neither of us will say, but well, maybe you, if they develop some longevity thing, um, <clears throat> will will be so miraculous to us because we didn't really have a point of reference for that. 
Whereas the people living at that time frame, it's going to just be standard fare. Forty you know? years ago, do you? Forty years ago, do you think that you would have predicted the laptop? No, no way. I could even conceive of that. I mean, some people, science fiction writers, seem to be able to extrapolate the sure. current things into what could be, and a lot of times they hit it pretty close. You think it's about the laptop and the smartphone. Nobody could have thought about that, but I mean, and the thing is, is that that's a technological advancement. You mean to say, and, and and I wish Frank Drake was here, and I wish I could I, I could ask him, how can you honestly believe? Call him up, Eric. I've sent him an invite. I don't think he's going to come to the show. You don't think? But, no, no. I, I will get we'll get Barack Obama on the show before we get Frank Drake. Tell him that we channeled uh, Carl Sagan's ghost. Yeah, and that we're going to we're going to have like a roundtable with, with him and Carl Sagan. <laughs> see if see if he bites on that. I don't think it's going to. But don't I think that's going to work. Got, I don't think it's. I, we're going to have some aliens too. Because I think that Frank. I mean, the the way that. I look at Frank Drake now, thanks to a lot of the other readings that I've done, um, some other books that I've been, you know, reading into the search for extraterrestrial life and technology and, and the rate that technology. How could you say that within the next thousand years, we're not going to develop space travel? That's an everyday occurrence. How could you say that? Well, because he's basing it on an old paradigm on, yeah. on an old line of thought and you know he end, end of the day he's probably going to be just known for the drake equation yeah he'll he'll fade into the you know yeah the never never land of i mean of past personalities that i mean only had like one small thing i mean you you look at somebody like sir isaac newton and all the things that he did in his studies of gravity and and motion mm -hmm. and the thing is is that do do you think that it's common knowledge about what his life was really like behind the scenes no, and it was no, everybody thinks of him with an apple falling right. on his head you know which may or may not even happen right know. but that's what kind of what people think of so right it, it happens it's it's the way it is i mean i mean who knows i, wonder, I mean i wonder how carl sagan will be remembered that's it would be interesting oh. if he was still alive to see what his viewpoint because he's been dead what like 10 years when he died in the late 90s 20s right? 20s last year was the 20th anniversary oh really of he's been dead that long yeah didn't seem like it but yeah time goes by uh, it'd be interesting to see what his point of view today would be on on some of the things that he seemed to have a firm belief about 20 years ago. I think Carl Sagan would be very interested to look at the technology that we have today. And he'll be asking, what are we doing with the technology? But I want to talk about... And at this point, he, he may have, uh, you know, he, he may have been to the point in his career where he didn't care anymore about what exactly to be thought of exactly his, his i mean he had some theories that were were pretty groundbreaking right. early on yeah and a couple of them were proven wrong about mars and and um had something to do with the past oceans on mars or something and um <clears throat> But they were pretty radical at the time, and then they were sort of proven to be not quite no, correct. No, wait a minute. He was a strong proponent for, for oceans being on Mars? I think that's what it was. There's, yeah. uh, I think the jury is still out on that. I think that there is well, evidence I, I that there was. Well, I don't know that's the exact thing it was, but it was some, had something to do with water on Mars or something. Right. And his postulation on that was, was sort of proved, proved not to be quite right. And he went with it. He didn't, he didn't yeah. you know, argue it to the end of the Earth or the end of Mars. But um, so I don't think he was that close minded that he would not consider new data. And, and as long as it was done in a scientific way. Oh, that of was, course. He was a big proponent of that. Of course. Which, which I get. He was a scientist. You know. Yeah. Um, at some point, he was denied full pr professorship at Harvard. 
Did you? Did you? Yes, that that? W- that had that had something to do with the Stanford paper that he wrote. I thought, and that he was blackballed yeah, because because the thing is, is that when when the Stanford paper had made was made semi-public in certain mm. circles, he was slapped on the wrist yeah, a couple of times. Harvard said, mm, not so much. There were, I will say that, I mean, now that we're getting to the end of the show here, um, we have a couple of minutes to talk about, like, the true the true legacy of Carl Sagan and what the world would look like if Carl Sagan had his way. And one of the things that he really wanted to do, getting back to, he wanted to do this thing and he called, or somebody called it, and they coined it inter Instead of looking out into space for radio signals that are probably not there, because the thing is, is that if 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 you're sending out radio signals, that's like like throwing a bottle, a, a message in a bottle into mm. the ocean. Oh, yeah. What are the chances yeah. of anybody ever finding so that? So vast. All right. But the thing is, is that what he really what he really wanted to do. Let's look for the evidence of there being past visitations and let's take that search seriously what he also wanted to do is a further exploration of the moon look for because if there was let's just let's just use the other a word atlantis if there was an atlantis Mm -hmm. here an advanced civilization an offshoot of the anunnaki a global civilization comparable or beyond our own that there may be evidence of explorers on the moon or, or on Mars. Yeah, well, one of those <clears throat> civilizations could have traveled out into space. Let's, let's, we don't know. Let's actually consider sending archaeologists to these locations on, on, on the moon mm-hmm. and Mars. Let's actually take a look at the, the location of the alleged... Well, supposedly, the, if, you, if you believe this in this secret space program... They're already there. They're already there. Yeah, you know they're they're already looking at what's on the dark side of the moon. Yeah, there's supposed to be some kind of advanced technology that we don't know about. I mean, and that gets when I say the general public, and that gets back to DARPA, and that gets back to Annie Jacobson's book all, and other people's work. Yeah. Is that some? I mean, I mean, DARPA has at its disposal technology that is so anywhere between twenty and fifty years ahead of what we mm-hmm. already have. Mm-hmm. And some thinking that that's reversed engineered technology. It probably, hey, it is. Yeah. And it gets so back I, to that. I think it is, but, you know, that's my opinion. But a lot of other people think that, too. Yeah. Richard Dolan, um, who I mentioned in the previous segment, was talking about that. that yeah. That's probably what their, the basis of their technology is that they're using is, yeah. is reverse engineered. Exactly. When the irony is that if it wasn't for that reversed engineered technology, we may not even have this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Did did Sagan ever weigh in on um, Roswell? The thing that the, I, I didn't find he about is that, famous for saying extraordinary claims demand extraordinary evidence. While at the same time, Carl Sagan was able to look behind the curtain and look in the what's going on at DARPA, what's, mm-hmm. what's going on at NASA. Right. He was able to see that. And apparently there were a lot of things that he had seen that really sort of shook him to the core. Um, but the whole thing did with... Get, bit, did he get into Area 51? I, I have no idea. But the yeah. thing is, is it... Would have been cool. But I mean, with, with the whole thing of Betty and Barney Hill, he was skeptical of that. Was he, he? Was, he was skeptical of a lot of people claiming to have been visited by, by aliens because all he wanted was an evidence we need something like bring me back like an intergalactic in ashtray bring me back something that will prove that can't can be proven to be not 
of earth right earthly technology or you know some kind of metal or something like if 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 there and if there were implants like a piece of that metal that um the shards from the crash right. that that the military collected um and and right scoffed it all up and who knows where they put it and if there were that probably would have done it but the thing is if there were implants he wanted it don't don't show me a photograph of an implant i want to see the actual implant yeah Yeah. well he was a hard evidence kind of guy he was a hard evidence he did not he did not want to accept anything on face you know on on hearsay or say so or whatever show me right so all the work that um who was the guy that did did the, all the work on he was a harvard professor he did the work on the alien abductions oh uh, god john, dr john uh, i can't remember. hunt yeah, I think, yeah I'll, I'll put it in later in the show yeah uh i wonder how he would have uh interfaced with that sagan we but have no idea there's no hard evidence really yeah. it's just a lot of people's testimony it was tons of it and even this guy who was a skeptic and he was a Harvard professor who started out doing a study to disprove it actually ended up proving it, which didn't go over well at Harvard, but I guess Harvard doesn't really like that. Harvard has a thing. Harvard has a thing about the supernatural. It has a hard time dealing with, because it's it's the uncle George syndrome. I, I I will show any evidence that proves that I am not the, the master of the universe. Blows their, their paradigm out of the water and they don't want that. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see where Sagan weighed in on this stuff 20 years down the road. I would like to, you know? I, I'd like to know what Carl Sagan would have thought of everything that's been going on in the past 20 years. Yeah. It, w- it would be interesting to kind of extrapolate out his, his thinking to, yeah. to where he might have weighed in yeah. on some of this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, he again. He was he was a hard evidence person, so he'd want to see a piece of wreckage. <laughs> he'd want to like put it in his hands. You know, yeah, he, I, I weigh don't... it and you know do a do a, a meta uh, a medial. Yeah, what, what do you call that? A metallurgy. Metallurgy. Medial, metallurgy medial, test. Metallurgical test on it. Yes. Uh, to see what it was composed yeah. of and that kind of stuff. Which, which you know, I get that. I understand that. Yeah, it is hard for people to to kind of take that as a leap of faith that that really you know yeah. the roswell crash really happened without just purely on personal sure you know stories and, yeah and testimony and stuff so yeah i guess it's but there's just some the there there's wired yeah you know? there are the you know but I'm, i think on some level he be- he believed that there was something more out there than than yeah. what the evidence showed yeah absolutely showed you know i i just think that was somewhere in his his uh thinking patterns yeah yeah hard to say though absolutely well one thing you can't dispute is the fact that he was a genius though he, he very very brilliant guy probably one of the most brilliant guys in that field yeah you know for from the mid to mid to late 20th century yeah and i think that cosmos the original cosmos i mean the one with neil degrasse tyson is is phenomenal phenomenal but the the original with carl well, he's Sagan, the next guy he's, he's the, the he's next, the next dude. in 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 line of those kind yeah. of guys, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's doing very similar things to, yeah. to, um, to Sagan. I think he's a little more open-minded yeah. in some ways than Sagan. Yeah. He's real, at least willing to entertain the notion. Yeah. Uh, he may be at the end of the day, he may want to see the proof too, but absolutely. But I think he's willing to, to entertain the notion anyway, but Sagan wasn't at least on the surface anyway, or publicly. And he wasn't necessarily willing to do that. Well, because here, here's the thing that I would I would ask you and I, I would ask anybody. 
wouldn't you want to hold in your hand evidence of what we're talking about? Wouldn't you sure. want that? Sure. Who wouldn't? I wouldn't. Mean, it's a smoking gun. Yeah. Of all, whatever, whatever these things are. You know? I'm going to close out the show by asking you this, Walt. What are the chances of archaeologists actually reaching the far side of the moon? Within, in, in what kind of time frame? In, 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 uh, pick, pick anybody. Pick, pick yourself or pick me or, or even one of my sons within our lifetime. Do you think that we will be? I think so. I, I think a lot depends on where our energy is directed and how it's directed. Right now, it seems like we're directing our energy inward yeah. and not outward. Yeah. Uh, but that'll shift. That always shifts. Yeah. It'll always change. I, I think, you know, Kennedy set the tone for the space program yeah. originally, you know, and, and they got it done. And so there has to be a decided effort in that direction. People that actually want to do that and, and make that a priority. Yeah. And if they don't, then well, we have a lot of problems here. We got to get cleaned up, you know, Yeah. before we can think about spending money in that direction. But I also think that, that research. Unless, unless it's done privately. Now that's another whole. Yeah. That's another whole point of view. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody that's one of these mega billionaires that yeah. um, decides they want to do a private expedition. Yeah. And go and see what's what's there. Absolutely. Which I think might be more likely even now than a, like a government one. And that would have less um, contingency placed on it, I think. And I think that we're past doing... <clears throat> I'm dying to know what that what sound that is. that popping sound is? I think it's... It's something. I think it's the electricity that I'm generating. Could be. I think it's the electricity that I'm generating. Your, your electromagnetic field. I am. I am. But I think. I think that that would. I would think that that would be Sagan's legacy. And if we are going to send a ship to the stars, if we are going to send a ship to Alpha Centauri, then I, it should be the USS Sagan. That's just me. Yeah, I. I, I would go with that. Yeah. I think he des he's he's des he's deserved of that. If nothing else, for writing contact. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think that's a no, major I'm work. Not, I think I'm I not mean, kidding. You know that he was able to sort of vent a lot of his thinking. I think. Yeah. In in that format, because it was fiction, yeah. so he could go pretty yeah. much wherever he yeah. wanted it to go. Yeah. But when you think about, the, especially the book, he he really broached a lot of subjects in that yeah. that um, are really worthy of of, of our of attention. Thinking about. Yeah. yeah. And so that alone, to me, is is I think he's a, deserving a major work. I would almost say I would almost venture to say that he is more deserving of an honor like that beyond Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, they're two different two different categories, sort of almost. Yeah. You know? uh, I think I think Gene Roddenberry was purely purely in the conjectural yeah. realm, whereas I think Sagan did have a lot of scientific basis yeah. for what i'm not saying gene roddenberry didn't right it was much more extrapolated yeah than, than what sagan was you know, yeah I, I think sagan's ideas in contact were were things that really came out of his scientific thinking yeah you know, so, I, mean, I think it's just two different hard it's like apples and oranges i think yeah the two. So, i don't know my my thinking anyway. walt this has been a phenomenal show I think so. It has it's been. a show you've been wanting to do for a while. So. Yeah, it is. So I let you run with it, Eric. Thank you, Walt. And I think it ran it ran to a good place. It did. Not into the ground like my <laughs> other. <laughs> well, you know, you always you, you always run that risk. <laughs> Battling daily whip fever. 
Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company, proudly bringing you traditionally made kangaroo whips with top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function, handcrafted by Blake Brunning. You can find them at www.trinitywhipco.com and on the Metaphysical Connection main page. If you really like this podcast and the others on the Fedora Chronicles Network, then give us four or five stars on iTunes. Just go to that app on your phone or your browser and tell the world what you really think of us. Leave a comment, and if we like your comment, we'll read it on the air. You can also find our podcast on SoundCloud and Player FM. SoundCloud.com slash Fedora Chronicles and Player.fm slash series slash the Fedora Chronicles radio show. If you have a favorite podcast app and we don't know about it, let us know and we'll get them to link to us too. Or you can suggest our podcast to them via their suggestion box. Show your love for the podcast by going to Zazzle, where you can find a lot of items with our logos on it. The Metaphysical Connection logo is on everything from coffee mugs, cell phone covers, barbecue aprons, and t-shirts. You can find them by going to Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us on both social media outlets. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash The Metaphysical Connection. Finally, in an earlier podcast, we invited all of you who are in our listenership who have ever worked for a government agency, clandestine group, black ops company, or if you've ever been involved in any kind of conspiracy that involves the paranormal or any kind of strange phenomenon, let us know and we would love to have you as a special guest on our show. That invitation also goes to all, for all of you publicists, authors, artists who have something to share with us on the Metaphysical Connection or on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Drop us a line at metaphysical at thefedorachronicles.com and we would love to get in touch with you. So one more time, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Until next time, until then, keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>